We bring back Susan Tusime for our Meet the CEO series. Today she talks fashion and bespoke presentation using her Paparain Hub. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Over the years, Papa Rain Hub has boosted a wide collection of men's blazers and coats made for the man with an ego who wants to stand out but in a classy and subtle manner. Founder and CEO of Papa Rain, Susan Tusime, returns to Good Morning Africa with what it takes to build a bespoke fashion brand. What inspired you to set up Papa Rain? The need to set up Papa Rain came from... Um way back in 2013 when I was an employee and being around the corporate environment, I noticed there was a lack of uh, variety for the male clientele. Very, me, women had very many shops all over the place, but men particularly didn't have much to shop from. And they also like very precise and uh, timely shopping experiences. They are not people who would spend hours and hours in a shop unless it was maybe looking at a car. But for apparel, luxury, you know, fashion consumables, they would prefer something a bit more straightforward. It's either quality and they know the price they're going to pay or it's casual and they know the price they want to pay. A shirt, they know the price they want to pay. So that's where that came from. I started off with a couple of riders, border border riders, and employed a couple of uh, workers who would also deliver these products to my clientele directly. So I would cut out all the shopping and the, the, the middle expenses, which were shops and paying rent. So items were very affordable because I would ship them indirectly and then have them deliver to the clients immediately. So it was a very direct shopping experience. It wasn't something that would drag out and take too long. And it was at their convenience. So we started within Kampala City Center. We spread out, ended up, you know, doing it out of the city center and out of the country altogether. Right now, the business has progressed and we now have a bespoke label called Purple Rain Hub that custom tailors suits for men. And this is the this is what I thought would give the business longevity, something that would put a hand to it and say, this is ours, this is Ugandan made by Ugandan workers. This is just the direction that Purple Rain took, which is the bespoke label. We have a website, which is www.paparainhub.store. The fashion industry in Uganda has been steadily growing. What's the future of Purple Rain in this ever-evolving sector? For Purple Rain, I would definitely want to have my own school uh, that can teach not just tailoring. What I've seen is people just teach tailoring and then maybe you graduate, maybe they'll give you a machine and set you off in the sunset. But you see, tailoring is way more than just stitching a hem and making a shirt. It's I would want to have a school that teaches people the whole concept of branding to do with even just to do with your tailoring. You're not just going to tailor things and then, you know, find who buys them. It's tailoring things that are very competitive for you to establish yourself as a brand because we're not we don't have many brands here that actually custom tailor ready to wear apparel. That's not done here, most brands will tailor according to the client who has come in or walked in or whatever. But imagine we had tailor-made but retail pieces 
that were being sold in Johannesburg. They were being sold everywhere. I go to to Acacia Mall and there's a shop that is selling Bosini, that is selling different things, that is selling brands from South Africa in the same shop, but they have like different brands. We don't have that where you go to maybe South Africa and there's this specific shop that will sell Mr. Price products in one corner. Then there's this Ugandan brand named Purple Rain in another corner here. I actually have gone into some of these shops and asked, can I, just like you have the South African stuff that's you know, you've brought in and then this stuff is from somewhere else and this stuff is from somewhere else. Can I also have a display? How much would it cost me? What would you need? Mm, can I send you samples? And you see just here in Uganda, like just going to a shop in Uganda and asking if I can display my own outfits. And they said, no, it's not allowed. They're only getting these products that are from out of Uganda. And you kind of are confused about that. You'll go everywhere. You'll even go to big supermarkets that have a couple of uh, retail items from different brands, maybe Mr. Price or whatever, and you'll find they'll have every other brand or a few brands here and there, but they'll not be a Ugandan person supplying them. And they, neither will they allow you to supply them anyway, because I have done, I have actually tried this out, asking around and trying to send samples and see the kind of work that I can deliver that's highly competitive, probably sometimes even better than the stuff that they bring in. But they'll say no. And it's kind of a letdown that you almost have revolutionize everything by yourself. You, you do all the work, you do all the pushing because you're working almost against yourself. People in your own country may not even believe you are capable of certain levels of greatness. So you kind of have to keep on proving a point over and over again. So I would try, I would want to have a school where for all these people who are coming up and who are learning, you just, you, you kind of mold them from the way down to up because I feel like they can't learn what they learn. Then all of a sudden come into a job, a job place or looking for jobs or come into the market and they have completely no idea on what it's going to really take for them to make it big. And then they're frustrated. And then the next day you find him on the road and he's a carpenter. Yet this particular thing has a lot of money, but you don't know how to get the money because no one showed you or no one told you. So you just thought you were going to maybe mend a hole here and there, him for somebody, a trouser, and that's pretty much it. And then you go off into the sunset and then it didn't work out. So your next day now, you're just a carpenter. Then the next day, he's, you'll probably find him uh, selling something else altogether. So no one is really teaching people how to harness skills into, to give, the, to, to give them a good, you know, like competitive advantage or edge when they get in the market. So they're just floating all over the place. And I feel it's what I would, I would for, for Papa Rain, I would definitely want to have a school like that and not just any tailoring school or any tailoring vocational institute. That was CEO of Papa Rain, Suzanne Chusime.
A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. West Africa is working on a new power line to boost access to electricity. West Africa's power grid is set for a considerable boost. At the end of February, the Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, announced that it had launched a 330-kilowatt interconnection line which will enable transfer of electricity between Nigeria, Niger, Benin, Togo and Burkina Faso. This means that once the $586 million project is completed, the grid of all 14 members of ECOWAS will be connected. It will facilitate trade of electricity in the region and increase supply to Burkina Faso and Niger. The plan to establish a regional power market forms part of ECOWAS's strategy to end power cuts, which have hampered West Africa for decades due to the region's over-reliance on hydro hydroelectric power, which is generated by a few of the larger members, according to ECOWAS. The project will be financed by the World Bank, the African Development Bank, the French Development Agency and the European Union, while construction is expected to be completed in 2024. Two similar projects are currently in the works. A 1,700-kilometer transmission line that will connect Gambia, Guinea, Senegal and Guinea-Bissau and a 1,300-kilometer line between Côte d'Ivoire, Sierra Leone, Liberia and Guinea. In Namibia, it's a slow start to a new year for monetary and credit aggregates. Now, the private sector credit extension growth picked up moderately in January, mainly thanks to higher demand for business credit, according to the latest Bank of Namibia Money and Banking Statistics report. The PSCE growth rose to 2.7% year-on-year in January, up from a pedestrian 1.2% year-on-year in December of 2021. Growth in total credit extended to businesses increased by 2% year-on-year in January, compared with a contraction of 0.1% year-on-year in December. The central bank attributes a rise to higher demand for short-term credit facilities, specifically by corporates in the agricultural, fishing and transport industries. Growth in credit extended to households rose to 3.2% year-on-year in January from 2.1% year-on-year in the previous month. Bank of Namibia says the increase was reflected across most categories. The stock of foreign exchange forex reserves declined to 43.3 billion dollars at the end of January from 43.9 billion dollars recorded at the end of December, mainly reflecting increased government payments, larger commercial bank purchases of foreign currency, and exchange rate re-evaluations. Looking at the monetary aggregate's expansion in broad money supply slowed to 1.6% year-on-year in January, compared with a high growth of 4.2% year-on-year logged in the previous month. And in Zambia, private sector has rebounded slightly. The Stanbic Bank Zambia PMI rose to 50.3% in February of 2022 from 499 in January, indicating a marginal improvement in business conditions. New orders continue to rise while employment stabilized. Still, companies posted a third consecutive reduction in business activity amid many shortages. Output decreased in the manufacturing and services sector, but rose in agriculture, construction, and wholesale and retail. Meanwhile, firms in the Zambian private sector expanded their purchasing activity in line with improving demand with stocks of inputs up accordingly. On the price front, purchase cost inflation edged higher, mainly attributed to unfavorable exchange rate movements, selling unfavorable exchange rate movements, selling prices for the first time in six months. That said, selling prices were lifted for the first time in six months. Lastly, 
business sentiment dropped to a six-month low due to concerns of the exchange rate fluctuations. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at with the Dong.